0: IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com.
1: Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everyone, to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Kirsten, it's just so good to be back uh, together again for another episode and some great guests, but I uh, wanted to start by asking how you're classes and conversations are going uh, with your clients.
2: Oh, Mark, we're having so much fun. We're coming into, you know, we're taking a little bit of a break. A lot of my master soul groups are, you know, in a down period because we have a lot of creation coming, being launched in July. Some of it's starting to be announced now. So very exciting. And, I'm excited because I'm watching, you know, I I work very closely with the young conscious leaders that that grew because they're going to be cultivating the future for us. And we're starting to have different conversations about what are your values, but what are you going to do about it? Right? It's great to talk about it, but who are you going to be about it? Are you going to have the courage to stand up now that everybody's going back into an office? and? corporations still have the power to control people, right? The people thought they had a little bit of power in COVID, but now they're going back in and they're going to be strong arm into doing things they don't want to. So we're having real dialogue. What are you going to do when it happens again? And who are you going to be? Because it takes a lot of courage. So a lot of great conversations happening and they're up to it. They're ready.
1: Oh, that's terrific. And I think this question of what are you going to be you know, is always central to most of our podcast conversations, isn't it, Kirsten?
2: Oh, God, we have great conversations, always.
1: Well, I think it's in that context, then, that we welcome our guests today. We have Lisa and Chris Keys, and their practice and their focus is under the heading My State of Being at the website mystateofbeing.org. Welcome to the program, first of all.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, and we are looking forward to a very dynamic conversation.
1: They you can always count own. on dynamic.
2: Dynamic. <laughs> and these are guests who knew what IntelliKey was. Yeah, <laughs> we, don't
1: know, we don't know what to do with that extra five minutes <laughs> that we usually uh, take to explain it. No, but uh, Lisa and Chris, it, it's so good to have you. And let, let's start with this question of, you know, what do we want to be? And I guess especially in this uh, time where we're considering what conscious leadership looks like. Well, what to you are the traits of a conscious leader?
0: Okay, well, I'll start um, just so you know, I've been on paper a psychotherapist for about 30 years. What I recognize as conscious leadership is being true to what really resonates with you and bringing that into whether it's your professional life or your personal life. So what I always focus on is we have so much information and the paradigm is shifting right now. So when I hear you guys speak of, you know, how do people kind of get back into the offices and allowing themselves to really resonate with with what is true for themselves. There's a really dynamic conversation that we can get into, very robust, and it's very different. It's a very different conversation. So I'm going to head it off to Chris because Chris is more of the business mind of the duo, Um, although I do work with plenty of folks who are in the business arena you know, entrepreneurs and leaders, CFOs, and I'll, I'll share some good stories with you guys about those experiences that I've had with people in that field. So yeah. what is your perspective?
3: Uh, so off of paper, I'm not a psychotherapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was in the corporate setting for about 26 years in corporate sales all the way through up to a VP. So I started out. So the, the idea of conscious leadership is not a new one to me. The the terminology may be relatively new and it's been around in the short term, but I've worked with with very conscious individuals. And for me, I'm glad to see that the conversation has really been morphed into the empowerment of yourself through what, you know, you're always gonna be able to determine what it is that you wanna do through your own meaning. Uh, But there are so many individuals like lisa like yourselves that are giving people information so how they interpret that information what they do with it and who they decide to surround themselves with to me that's the idea of corporate leadership it starts within and then from it from an energetic perspective from um, any type of, of perspective of where your power comes from people are going to be attracted to it or they're going to move away from you but you get to make the decision on how you want to do it so that's that's my my little
1: quick soliloquy on that. that. Yes, no, that's great. And I think to pick up on that, Chris, uh, you know, when you were talking about your corporate background, I was interested in the connection. You worked in business intelligence platforms and I always think of this as the enterprise and software and systems kind of thing. But isn't it interesting, we're talking now about true business intelligence, spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence. Uh, wh- what are some of the connections or uh, comparisons there?
3: For me, when you're thinking about systems, you're right, it always comes into the idea of how are we gonna solve a problem? Because the system exists to solve a problem. So the connection for me is is it's not necessarily gonna be breaking down nuts and bolts and plugging in technologies, it's going to be collaboration. Some of the best projects I was ever a part of, some of the biggest deals I ever put together were because the people had the same vision And they collaborated together on that vision. And that ego took a backseat. And the idea of what are we going to do to make things better, easier for people? So business intelligence, if you're just going to focus on one aspect of it and the intelligence of the human being, it's the same thing. It's like, how do we gather the information? How do we disseminate it? And what are we going to use that information for? So you can apply that for your consciousness as well. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that helps you out.
2: You know, it's fascinating that you're speaking to this, right? Because there's that big situation happening right now with Apple and Facebook, where Apple is not going to allow the tracking anymore of your data. And that's what uh, kind of what you're speaking to. That's what clicked in my mind. What are we going to use it for? Is it for the betterment of, or is it for our own personal gain? And I think that's that dynamic shift.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I think that what, and I'm grateful to you and your podcast and the conversations you have with your audience, because the the paradigm shift is is here. It's happening right now. And, you know, kind of bringing in um, my perspective is that when I work with business leaders or entrepreneurs, they're recognizing that what I mostly saw was uh, people focusing on a problem and trying to either get rid of something or create something from a lack and limited perception. And what I'm always trying to remind people is there is so much more going on. We have access to so much more when we're in our own alignment, whether you call the alignment, you know, connecting with your higher self or that resonant perspective of who you truly are. And when we tap into that and we're not kind of consciously or unconsciously focused on ameliorating a problem, but we're working with it. There is so much more energy that kind of creates these choiceless choices, these effortless pathways that I'm telling you the human mind cannot come up with when we're just focused on lack and limitation. Now, again, when I talk to people and we move from earthly law, which is just fine, to more of a quantum perspective, you know, what we're talking about. Is that there's an effortlessness that comes in with this, but we have to be connected to our aligned selves, our higher selves, and everything just flows in. And it's a very, very different way of being in our personal lives and our professional lives. And I think um, people are recognizing that there's a lot more going on here. And, you know, what I always say to the folks that I work with is that. We know there have been great minds that have offered us a ton of information from a physics perspective. You know, there's point, everything is energy. Everything is energy. And what the human being has been trained to focus on is the 0.1% of matter, which leaves 99.9% more information, more information for us to kind of tap into. And if we're trying to constantly figure it out, That isn't the wrong approach. It's a limited approach. Rather
1: than just letting it flow.
0: Yes, yes,
1: exactly. You even started out by saying, you know, a conscious leader is somebody who just does the right thing. Like you already know what the right thing is to do. Mm -hmm. And whether, like you said, whether you try to consciously go through it, you know, intellectually and do the the point, counterpoint, the pros and cons and all that sort of thing. Or whether you just say, look, in my gut, in my heart, I know this is the right thing to do.
0: Let me give you an example of what I'm speaking of, because it's a little, it can be, it can seemingly be a little esoteric or, un, you know, illogical, irrational. There was a man that I work with who is a, a CEO of a company, large, de- he had to make a really big decision within like 48 hours And I just watched him just try and figure this out. And I said, you know what? I want you to do me a favor. I said, what do you you like to do? And he he said, well, I like to cook. I said, well, as soon as you leave this appointment, I want you to go to the grocery store and buy a bunch of food. And I want you to cook a gourmet meal. And he's like, I got to make this decision. And I said, just trust me on this one. Just make the meal, be with the chopping of the vegetables. I said, just let yourself kind of be with it. Long story short, he was a little agitated with me initially, but then he did it and he's cooking. And because he was in a different state of being, a flow state, all of the choices that were effortless just came flowing and downloading into him. And within an hour and a half, he had made his choice. It was effortless. Now, the question is, is what happened there? and what I'm always reminding folks, because I, don't, I think everybody knows this. I think we come in knowing we just forgot it. So I consider myself a professional reminder. <laughs> so we remember that you have all of the information and it resonates inside with you. You know, within a nanosecond, what you prefer and what you do not prefer. So we're always trying to figure out what we prefer from this perspective of trying to figure it out. But when we're in a different state of being and we're literally doing something that brings us joy, even if it's having a cup of tea or taking a walk, it seems so, uh, it's the antithesis of how we've been trained in business and in our personal lives. It's like, no, you've got to sit down and do a pros and cons list and, and all of that is fine. But when we really get into a different state of being, the information just immediately comes to us and it is, what, what I'm always talking about is we as human beings are always trying to make decisions. And when we get into a different state, it's choiceless. We just know what we prefer and what we don't. And then you kind of take that for a ride.
2: You know, I, I, I could sit and talk about the quantum all day long. So Me thank too. you for pulling that in. And what's interesting, what you were speaking to was a potential problem where the stakes are potentially high but in a matter of energy there is no problem they're all the same energetic value there's no greater or lesser than so as human beings we're conditioned when stakes are high to take our will back and begin to try to work through it but when it's you know when we're in our garden it's easier to be in connection with that oneness where it can all pop in so what do you offer to people, right? That that's a really hard concept to grasp, right? To really say okay, you know, you're running a multi-billion dollar company You're responsible for all of these lives. You are responsible for many different outcomes. And I'm just gonna trust my gut and go chop vegetables, right? Like I love (laughs) that analogy, right? But it is that simple. And that's where we get to our truest essence. So if you were to write a prescription for people just starting out to grapple with this concept that all problems have the same energetic value, there's no one higher or lower, what would you suggest to them?
0: Okay. That's a good question.
2: And the point is, is that one of the things we have to be with, and
0: and you said it, which is that, you know, we're taking responsibility You're talking about this person who has awesome responsibility for billions of dollars and a lot of people. And I think that in and of itself puts such a burden on the person. And the question is, is how do we go back to knowing that all of the information's inside of you. So one of the things that I talk about, the first thing we talk about is building a conscious relationship with the present moment. So if we're going to participate in this conversation about physics, what do we know about physics? Is that there's no past and there's no future. There's the present moment. And that is where all of our power is. And if we're building a conscious relationship with the present moment, There's information. And just like you said, Kirsten, the idea is is that we look at everything from a right and wrong, a good and a bad perspective. When we get into a higher state of being, a higher state of consciousness, we know that everything, everything is information. And when we can come at it from that perspective, instead of delegating it to a right or wrong position, and we see everything as data, as everything is information, you're going to be able to tap into the present moment and realize does this, you know, is this a bad thing that I have to fight against or am I gonna be present? And it's it get, kind of gets into an esoteric conversation, but the idea is, is how do you continue to build a conscious relationship with the sensation in the present moment? And where I start with people is when we're feeling worried, lack, shame, guilt, uh, responsibility, what we're running is a limiting belief. It's a limiting belief that is not congruent with what you know as source energy, as the being that you are. When you're running, uh, you're in the present moment and it feels aligned or peaceful, regardless of what you are looking at, it means that you're running a true knowing. So where, where we're starting with this initial formula is that in the moment of now, you are running one of two things. You're either running a limiting belief that was either trained into you through your family of origin or society or the systems, or you're you're, um, participating in an energy that is true to who you truly are. So building that relationship with the discernment of, is this this a, a limiting belief or a knowing belief?
1: Well, I think it's a very strong concept, and I think we go back to uh, what you were saying, the CEO sitting in the chair saying, I have a decision to make, and I can make my own list of pros and cons, but I also think about, they say, well, we need to do focus groups or politicians say we need to do some polling on that to see. Now, if we want to talk about the present moment, I always consider that the where we are, Hopefully that isn't, you know, I mean, I'm working on a program right now where 60% of the respondents to one of these uh, market research surveys say, they don't want to make a change, even though we know that change must happen. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, if you don't want to change, uh, change is coming as Bob yeah. Dylan once wrote. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, you know, the the quandary, the quandary is, knowing that people didn't want the change how will you what sell it go around it overcome it do it anyway and take the consequences i mean these are some of those real world uh, conundrums that that we face
0: But I think that in the conversations that we're having together, it kind of, it it continues to expand us into a new paradigm. It's a new perspective of who we truly are. And I am not a fan personally of trying to convince anybody. I like having these conversations and opening it up because this is the biggest shift to the human species collectively to date. We are becoming much more conscious of who we truly are. And I can really go into an elaborate, robust conversation with you in the sense that we think that we're human beings, but really what we are is energy, having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And when we can honor the 3D part of what we're participating in and simultaneously start to remember in a, a grander way that we are energy and that we have access to so much more than we have been told. We're so much more than what we've been told. You know, I get it, Mark. There's a part of us that as a collective, um, we'll have to kind of be with the transition of people still being in resistance or being skeptical and all of that is fine, but we're gonna continue to, at least we decide to continue to have this conversation and connect with folks like you that are curious about, well, what really is going on here? What do we have access to? How do we be with the conundrums and the circumstances and the lower agendas of this kind of earthly experience? Because one of the things that I, I like to share with people is that when we're in the present moment and we're in judgment, like they're wrong and we've got to convince them to do it differently. Laws of physics is that once you separate yourself through judgment, you lo- we entangle and we lose all of, our co- all of our power and we're trying to convince or change something. And that's the way we have been doing it as a species for eons, so to speak. But we're going to pull in the concept of linear time. So we've been doing it that way. And why I love to have this conversation is we're in a new, the paradigm shift, which is when we're in the present moment and we're not judging everything, and which is a work, uh, we'll get there. It's a work, but we're not judging everything. We no longer feel like we have to correct something. We're aware of lower agendas or we're aware of conundrums, but then we focus on our, our own energy. And that's the energy that we bring to the circumstance. And this is how I believe, this is my perception, how things are gonna shift here, whether it's in business or our personal lives or our relationships, our own bodies and our own health. So once we separate and we entangle, that is a frequency of fear, whether we're conscious of it or not. And that means from a quantum perspective that there is replication. When we don't separate, and we're in the present moment. We're in a different frequency We're in the frequency of love. And I not I don't mean the word love that we as human beings think about. I'm talking about the frequency, it's a fast frequency. So, and that is literally how we create that frequency is how we create being in business in our relationships in our body temples in a different way. So that's kind of a formula that I stay focused on with people who are just starting to consider themselves from a, a different perspective in the paradigm shift.
2: And I would love to hear, you know, you spoke to that natural essence and, you know, just recently I've been um, investigating the notion of Satori and Kensal, right? Which is the true essence, the true essence and not just of self, of everything, right? Yes. That truer connection. And I love that you're bringing in this concept of being in the present moment, which is different than any corporate training anybody has had for the most part, right? Because I don't know about you as a CFO, I created more business plans and outlooks that never happened, but I told investors all the time, we were going to hit it without a doubt. And some, we exceeded some, we didn't, whatever. Some didn't even come to pass. But it's not that concept of being in present moment to be able to create in a way that we haven't created before. And I'm so excited because this is one of my new classes is infinitely creative, right? Meaning how do you use the the senses to open up creation? But the question I have for both of you because you're, we're watching the shift, we're in the shift. There is an art of being, capital B-E, right? In the pure essence of who we are. But that really is a lofty lift from where we're sitting as we're moving. You know, some are there, some have been, I've been listening to a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh right now, who is the master of present moment, right? And so many have gone before us and laid the pathway of how we do it but this is a lot right it is a lot that we're asking people to step into and even the words in and of itself uh, can can are tongue twisters for people who just don't have the practices or haven't been walking the path for a long time so how do you break it down for the layman i guess is the question those who aren't going to tap into these source realms or you know spiritual realms or quantum realms but really just want to do good. Exactly,
0: and you know, again, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to get into because some people would listen to us and it would just not resonate or make any sense to them cognitively on any level. And that's okay. I mean, some people are just not going to do this, this considerate, uh, consider any of things that we're talking about. But for those who are curious and want to continue to investigate what it is that we're talking about, I mean, think about it from a metaphorical perspective. When when a child enters into school and they're looking at the, the math curriculum, you know, or riding a bike, there's there's a practice that comes in with it. And if we can just be gentle with the practice of knowing, you know, anybody who's listening to your podcast is already... Curious about this. So, how do we just continue to repeat and have conversations? And everybody has their own unique code. So, everybody gets to add their perspective and everybody gets to kind of dynamically work together. But, how do we continue to practice a higher? You know, we have to think greater than the human mind now. That's what we're talking about. We're thinking greater than the cognitive mind. Not that the cognitive mind is wrong or bad, it's lovely and it's gonna join us in the paradigm shift. But we have to think grander and you know, almost like the impossible becoming possible. And I get it when you're like, how do you share this with someone who's just starting off? It seems like such a daunting task. How do you start to tap into the, the, to the present moment? Well, we're gonna practice. and. I remind you, it's like when you've learned to ride a bicycle, you pull the training wheels off and you're wobbling around. And then all of a sudden there's this magical moment where everything synchronizes, there's a synthesis and you're just not wobbling, you're riding the bike. I think that that's a a helpful metaphor for us. I mean, these conversations, I understand human beings want to have the strategic layout of how we're going to do this. And we are, we're, 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 giving, you know, you and I are talking, we're all talking about, you know, ways that we could connect with our higher selves in the present moment and the sensation in the present moment and discerning if it's a limiting belief or a true belief. And we just keep practicing these conversations. But eventually what we recognize is the conversation that we're talking about isn't a cognitive one. It's not a strategic one. There's just going to be this knowing and everybody's had that experience where they just had this moment where they just knew. And once they knew it, you know, there was no defending or justifying or trying to convince. They would participate in conversations with other people who were curious, but there's just this knowing. So it's a very, again, an interesting conversation. How do we you know, assist people in conversations by tapping into their quantum power. And it's a practice. I mean, that's my, that's my right now for, for now. And then we get into some really dynamic stuff because we're moving from this consciousness that we have to work hard and figure everything out into knowing that we are the creators of our reality, because everything that is, I mean, when I talk about it, consciousness The consciousness and the perception and the thoughts that we have are literally taking particles of light that are outside of us and putting it into form so you and mark and us you know we can consider ourselves perhaps the first of the first and what i always know is that people love to be the first to go second they like to they like to see if it's going to work out well i think there's a group of folks. Who are very curious about moving into a more quantum perspective about themselves, and we are the ones that will kind of wobble around and you know kind of be with what works
2: and what doesn't. So, you're telling me we're the weeble wobbles? Yeah, no,
1: we're
2: not. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Hopefully, we're the magnets. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Lisa and Chris, what a terrific conversation! Now, uh, we have just a couple of minutes left, unfortunately, but uh. We would love to keep this conversation going and mainly we want to make sure that people know how to connect with you and uh, learn more about the offerings. Now, Chris, you've, you've developed a lot of good uh, websites and videos. Tell us how we can access these.
3: Sure thing, Mark. So the company was named after exactly what Lisa wants to accomplish um, being a part in owning your state of being. Um, So mystateofbeing.org is the website Um, we have hundreds and hundreds of free hours of content. Uh, we, we do it with YouTube, we got Instagram, you can access them on the website, uh, Twitter. So it's really easy to, to kind of get your, dip your toe into the water. I think Kirsten asked a good question, you know, how do to, how to some of the folks that are just starting out trying to understand some of the terminology um, and what those things mean, you can go on Lisa's website and get that information for free. She also offers a membership. She does uh, have uh, bi-weekly seminars and we just had our hundredth couple of weeks ago. So we're very thank happy about that. Congrats. Yeah, that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's kind of cool.
1: Wait, we can't wait to send mm-hmm. listeners to check it out and we'll check it out ourselves because yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the good things, guys, we just can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, our guests have been Lisa and Chris Keys. Uh, their company is my state of being, you know, the, the good thing about this is we've talked about the ideas and the concepts and the theories behind it all, but you've also given us some very concrete and actionable tips. Mark's favorite word. I mean, you know, if it's not actionable, (laughs) why would we even talk about it? You you think we're here to talk about our feelings? (laughs) Give me a minute. I will. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. But almost from episode one on this, uh, Kirsten has teased me because we started with some guests, that, you know, in sales and in marketing, talking about their KPIs, you know, and we, we've really looked at these key performance indicators of life. And as you've helped us even take it a different key performance being, you know, mm-hmm. our, and those being indicators, and you've given us some good guideposts on that. So thanks for being our guest. We really appreciate this.
0: Well, we're grateful to you, Thanks. and um, we appreciate that you create this kind of dialogue for so many people who are wanting to expand into grander perspectives, higher consciousness. So thank you for very much for all that you do,
3: too, you. both of you.
1: Thanks thank you. a lot. And we hope you'll join us again for our next episode where we'll continue to talk to leaders about how they're growing, innovating, and expanding not only the numbers of their organization and achieving those goals, but also doing the right thing and achieving what we call IntelliKey, and that is your soul's purpose, your full human potential. So we'll see you on the next episode. For Kirsten Gouldy, I'm Mark Stenson, and this is IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We'll see you next time.
2: You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.
1: If you like IntelliKey leadership stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, We talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.